All right, let's welcome everybody out today to episode 24 of Utah in the Weeds, where we're discussing everything cannabis culture related here in Utah, uh, talking to patients, uh, industry people, cultivators, uh, anybody in the cannabis industry. I have my co-host here, Tim Pickett from uh, utahmarijuana.org. How are you doing tonight, Tim? Oh, pretty good, Chris. Uh, I think we're excited. <laughs> You're excited, buddy. Oh my gosh. It has been a heck of a couple of weeks. I'm excited to get into uh, sharing a little bit of my COVID story. Yeah, this uh, is th this is the whole, tonight it's all about Chris Hollifield. I'm just, I'm fascinated with this, the fact that you of all people and your family were so affected by COVID because I don't know if anybody out there thinks that this is fake and this is a conspiracy, but I uh, but I suspect you're gonna you're gonna steer us down the the uh, believer path here because I saw that picture on Instagram, dude. I I left Facebook like I didn't leave it, leave it, but I had to get off of it because people were sending me messages telling me to quit lying. I'm making up that I have COVID, that I it's not real, and that I just have a bad cold. Like this is while it was going on because I had this idea in my head. I'm like, I'm going to share my story. I'm going to get on there and, and, and do a Facebook live like every day talking about my symptoms, talking about. But then when you start getting messages of people telling you that you're full of crap, how do you take that, man? How many of the people that were giving you feedback were saying things like that? Oh, I don't, I don't know. I mean, like I a lot, exact though, number, mean, but, but a decent amount of people were still to this day, even after seeing all the garbage. They just still don't believe it's real, but I don't know. We don't need to get into all that. I got it. It's it, dude, it, it's weird because I literally was not leaving the house very much. Like I wasn't like, I was talking to my wife, Chrissy. I mean, we weren't flying anywhere. We weren't traveling. We weren't, I mean, we were having the lamest summer. It's not like we were doing a whole lot of anything. No, I mean, we've, we've been podcasting remotely uh, quite a bit, you know, at least half of our podcasts are remote. You, in the beginning, you were being extremely careful, not going out, not going to the store. Yeah. And so I was, I was frankly surprised that you, that it came, uh, that it, you know, that you picked it up. Well, do you, do you want to hear the story? I don't know. Yeah, how much I don't of the know. Story. I, I'm curious of how you think you got it. Well, see, and that's where it gets tricky. So I think it bro got brought into the home. So I have three older stepchildren that were in Texas all summer. They were with their dad in Texas and they had to come home for school and they were home from school the weekend. They got back the weekend right before we started showing symptoms. So, um, oh. and so, but the thing is, is I didn't want to, at the beginning, I didn't want to be like, oh, this is your fault, especially if like things went sideways, <laughs> like if there were complications. Right. I mean, I didn't want, I mean, they're young. I didn't want them to have any kind of guilt or, you know, feel like it's their fault because obviously it's, this is nobody's fault. This is just a crappy virus. So I haven't wanted to say, well, this is definitely where I got it from because I have been going to the gym too. I was going to the gym a few, t you know, three, four or five times a week. Right. But, but that's I, allowed, right? The gyms are open. And yeah, the gyms are open. And I was cautious at the gyms. I was wearing a face mask. I was, you know, sanitizing all of that. So, yeah. So, I mean, you can virtually get it anywhere. And that's what confused, uh, confuses everybody because they don't know where they got it. But I think my wife might have 
gotten it first actually and then kind of spread it through the house and that's where that's where it spreads into the homes because you know your guard is down in your home you're you're oh you're of course more, it's you know, not like you're, you're gonna wear a mask and stay six feet away from all of your kids when they come especially when they come home from somewhere they're you know they've been yeah. all summer so there's no doubt it's gonna spread through the house um, so what what happened was Tuesday I was feeling it was it was Tuesday of this week and uh, well, it was a couple of weeks ago now I was feeling like, ah, oh, I just don't feel like a little chills, but I didn't have a fever, no sore throat, nothing. And then I had a doctor's appointment the next day. I was supposed to go get a doctor for a physical and I didn't, I wasn't comfortable going in. I was like, ah, I'm just a little off. I go, I don't think I have COVID because I don't have a fever. I don't have a sore throat, none of that stuff. So I called up and I said, Hey, I don't know if we should reschedule this physical or whatnot, but, uh, I just, you know, I, I, I'm just trying to be cautious here. I'm trying to be nice and, and respectful. Well, let's let's get you in here for a COVID test. And I'm like, oh crap! I set myself up for this one, right? Right. Like, I'm just like, because you know, I didn't want to. I wanted them to know I was serious, right? Like, I wanted them to know, like, hey, I'm. Well, of course, yeah. I'm not I'm just not, making I'm this like, up. You have a sign on the door that says if you have any of these <laughs> symptoms, don't come to your appointment. <laughs> but I didn't want to tell them. Well, no, I don't want to come and get a COVID test. So yeah, I'm like, all right, I'll come get it, you know. And they they set me up with this nurse and blah blah blah. I have this like anyway. So I go get the test and because I did it through my primary care doctor, I was actually able to get my results pretty quickly, less than 24 hours and stuff. It was, it was just really nice to get them super fast. And when I opened the email, I, w- I remember just being like, Chrissy, it says I got it. I have, I have the Corona. I have the Rona. I have the virus, <laughs> you know, like this, like, like it really just threw me off, man. I'm just like, I really have it. I, I couldn't believe it. Right. And then this is where it got crazy here, Tim, because Thursday I got my results in the morning. And then as the day progressed, I started getting hit hard. I just started feeling like my whole body started going in these vice grips, like just this, just my chest being, there were a few times there. I'm grateful Chrissy went crazy and bought some oxygen tanks and stuff like that for me to hook up to. My lungs were struggling, man. Um, and that's within 24, 48 hours of you really starting to feel sick. Exactly. Exactly. That was so thir- So like I said, Tuesday, Wednesday, I got tested. Thursday, I got my results back, but then I started getting hit really fast, really hard, got wiped out. My whole body just started aching. I, I would get these like sweats at night. Like while I was trying to sleep, I would have to change my t-shirt like three, four, five times in the nighttime, just because they would get drenched with sweat. Uh, breathing was difficult, like I said, with my lungs. But what the scariest thing with this is not knowing what direction it's going to go. Yeah, because you you know that it's going to last a while, right? You don't know how long, but you know it's not going to be gone in two or three days, it seems like. And And here you have... 48 hours in, you're kind of, you feel that shortness of breath. The shortness of breath, the achy body, and I'm trying to remember everything else. I uh, just, and then the anxiety on top of it and the stress and anxiety. And then on top of that, my kids weren't feeling well. Yeah. My two-year-old, I'm two-year-old, she's, she'll actually be three years old tomorrow. Uh, she was sick. And that was actually tough too, because we actually didn't officially test her. But she had every symptom of it. They didn't want to test her because they didn't want to shove that thing up the nose. Right. And you, I mean, you can presume that's positive. There's no, 
Yeah. And so it's kind of like, well, I mean, what do you do with a kid? And that would do, that's the next tough thing. What if, what if Chrissy and I would have had to separate and then Chrissy would have just been, you know, to have one parent in charge of a child, like that's a lot of, it just really sucks if you have to separate in the house and quarantine in different areas. I'm really grateful that our entire family was able to quarantine together. Yeah, because would they have recommended, I mean, they'll recommend that if you're positive, but Chrissy was negative, that you stay away from your family. And we know families who've uh, rented motel rooms and the one member of the family has gone and lived in a motel for two weeks. Or in this case, I mean, I know somebody who was there for more than three weeks because they were really just sick the whole time trying to protect the family. They had a... um, uh, an older relative living with you. You don't have any older relatives living in your house. No, um, no. And did you ever get nervous that you were going to end up in the hospital? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Especially when the, my nurse that would call me every day, she would call me every morning to see how I was doing, which was kind of weird to me. Right? That is like, weird. I'm like, this is weird. I'm like, I, I, I'm like, I've never had any other sickness and having somebody call me up. Do we need to, she, she kept asking, do we need to do a video chat? Do you want to talk to the doctor? And then she kept reiterating, if your lips start turning blue, call an ambulance. But what's crazy about this here, Tim, is uh, I had a friend that actually got COVID back in like uh, March, April, and uh, he was doing great. Woke up one night, boom, having a hard time breathing, had to call the ambulance just, just like that, had to go, you know, so... That's what I was nervous of is that it would just take a shift in the other direction. And so I didn't know. Uh, I felt like I had to be on high alert. Thus, how cannabis gets involved and how cannabis, I believe, can actually help you out. I mean, I don't want to sit here and make claims of of things. You know, I'm obviously not a doctor and I'm not going to sit here and make any claims. But I definitely think it helps with the anxiety of it and just being able to recenter your brain, man. Get some sleep for starters. That's another thing, man. You can't sleep worth crap. Like no, everyone keeps I mean, saying, oh, 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 sleep, 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 because you need rest. Yeah, but you can't sleep. You feel like shit. So so I was grateful. I had some uh, tinctures to be able to con- get some THC because that's another beautiful thing about THC is they say it actually helps open up your airwaves, your lungs. Yeah. So there are, yeah, there actually are some studies that show that- um you you bronchodilate with uh, with THC. Most of those are yeah. inhaled versions, but I, I mean, I would suspect that it works the same with a tincture. I yeah. like the idea of a tincture because it's going to give you six or eight hours of uh, relief and relax you while not decreasing your drive to breathe, right? Which is a huge deal in COVID. So, I mean, kudos to you, right? The body aches are amazing. And you just, I would run out of energy just walking up my stairs from my basement. Like, and there's only like six or seven stairs. Like, I just was like, oh my gosh, am I ever going to be able to breathe again? Am I ever going to be able to move again? I mean, just the exhaustion, the hurt body. And then cannabis would help take away some of that pain that, that, uh, your body, yeah, that gets, at least spasms. that I got from, from COVID. But see, then what's crazy about it is Chrissy was completely different. Chrissy had a sore throat. She said it felt like razor blades in her throat. Uh, she, I think she had a fever. So it's, it's, it, it just goes to show how different it can be yeah. for two different people. You know, and I mean, you're describing symptoms that people are going to, people on Facebook or whatever are going to say, well, yeah, you just had the flu. Well, no, this is a, this is a virus. The flu is a virus. 
And the sure. flu acts very, the flu can act similarly, but it doesn't give usually a sore throat in other people. But this is, uh, and the false positive rate is extremely low. So being that you're positive, your test came back positive, um, that's a good indicator you had it. It's not so good if you were negative and you still got sick. The, the false negative rate is pretty high for the testing that we do locally. But Interesting. Uh, but the false positive rate's pretty low. Have you ever had to give anybody a test, Tim? Have you ever to shove that? Uh... No, I've been tested. In fact, I think I got tested twice. Yeah, I think I've been tested twice now. But um, <laughs> wouldn't you know if you got tested? Yeah, a because time? I was like... thinking to myself, "Oh yeah, this is this is terrible." But I put them both together in my head. Man, it's just a terrible test. You got to shove that thing all the way back in your like almost to your ear in your nose. Yeah. It's weird, man. And and it's just the whole experience. And back to the whole flu. I mean, I usually get a flu out. I, I mean, I'm ready to go in 24 hours. I mean, give me a night, good night's sleep and I can usually kick the flu, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty sure. quick. So it was like day after day after day of just not being able to get off the couch. I didn't even do, I didn't even release an episode of I am Salt Lake. I got on and just did like a minute, like saying, Hey, this is what's going on. Like I have not missed episodes of that show. That's how wiped out I was. Yeah. When you texted me and, and you said, Hey, I just have not felt like editing that episode. We're, <laughs> we're just going to skip. I really, I knew you were sick. Yeah. You don't skip episodes, right? This is what you do. And everything is right there at, in your studio. So like, it's, it's not like you have to go into work, you don't no. drive to the office to do it either. Like everything is right there. So you have to be wiped out. Well, and again, I was taking care of, of sick children. This is <laughs> the thing to... people don't like. That's This is what I think is a little different than most illnesses in the house. You know, you get the flu and not everybody in your house is going to get the flu. But COVID's so contagious. So what what were the symptoms your kids have? Were they just fine? Well, the, the, yeah, the kids were, and again, they were different too. Um, one just had a lot of congestion and which I wouldn't even have thought that was a symptom, but I guess it is. Everything is a symptom. And then the, uh, it just, the other ones just, uh, just like sore throats and fevers. Huh? What's the rule on now? So now you've been more than two weeks since your positive test result, right? What what are the rules? What do they say? I mean, do they let you back into the Costco or the grocery store? So okay, so here's here's how it works, and this is where it gets really tricky. And I could see why people don't want to go get tested, right? Because when you're going to get tested, you, you're just like, oh, there's no way I'm positive, right? So you don't really think about it. But I go get tested. They're like, sorry, you have to quarantine now. And it's like, well, shoot, I had errands I had to do. I had to, you know, all of a sudden I'm having to reschedule my hair. I mean, I had a haircut appointment and all this right. and that. I'm like, hey, I don't know if I'm positive or not, but I have to quarantine like I am. And so that was actually something that really caught me off guard was the lack of information that they provide. And, and I mean, maybe it's not their responsibility, but it kind of is the health departments to like, hey, here's some information if you want to order groceries. Here's some information if you want to order some takeout, because a lot of people don't really know about that. And it's like, well, how many people are going, get tested and then go and get, I, I don't know. It just, 
doesn't seem like a lot of good information is out there, but this is as far as, as far as testing. So between after eight to 10 days of you first showing symptoms is after you like is the die off. Everything is like, you're not contagious after that. Right. Okay. Eight to 10 days after you start showing symptoms is when they say you're, you're not shedding the virus anymore. You're not, you're not shedding the virus. Got it. And so according to them, According to, to, to the people that I've chatted with the nurses and stuff, I supposedly can't get it now for like 90 days, right? Like I'm just like invincible, man. Yeah, it's right? a superpower. Yeah. Right. Like, but they were like, well, of course, you know, still wear your mask and wash your hands, blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah, of course. But I'm like, well, that's kind of cool. But then there's like a part of me that's like, well, then you read these articles over here of like people that have gotten it like twice and three times. And <sighs> no. And I'm like, I, st- I don't want to mess around. <laughs> like, I don't want to. No, I mean, the, but, the question on those people is, did they really ever get rid of it? Did they get it again uh, after clearing the virus or did they just still kind of have it lingering around? I, It's my understanding that the, uh, the, the reinfection rate is pretty low, the true reinfection rate. But I've heard a lot of, I mean, obviously it's a big news story, so it's hard to get, it's hard to get the data, like the accurate data on how how the reinfection rate or how long it could last. I, we, we have a friend that's been in Europe working in Europe and, you know, she's been sick for more than three weeks. So now that you feel fine, you feel pretty comfortable now, like your kids can go back to school and everybody's cool. Did you have to notify the school? Well, the kids are actually doing from uh, school from home anyway. Okay. One there, I think, the older one was taking some, a couple classes. I think he might've been taking like band or I don't know, a couple of, but yeah, they had to notify the school and, and all of that. Um, but yeah, it, uh, it, and there was, that was another thing I was surprised. Not no con like the contact tracing thing or whatever. Like I thought they would be like, let's retrace your steps and see where you've been. Right. And Who's make some, who you've and been make in some phone with. Calls. Let's call them up and make them quarantine and test. Luckily, Again, I haven't been around a whole lot of people, right? But I never, to- I never told them that. But they never asked for any contact tracing at all. No. Oh wow, wow! And so that re- that caught me off guard. Yeah, it just it's it's interesting, man. It's interesting. There were a few times, like I said, I was a little nervous. I was a little nervous. I was like, okay, my lungs breathing. There were a few times I'm like, I don't know if my mom would be able to handle this, you know. And then she's all down in Utah County thinks she's superwoman. And it's like, well, no, you got to take this serious. Like this is a heck of a virus, man. But yeah, so now, now I'm fine. I mean, I, to go out and about, I mean, I, you know, I'm not, I feel fine. Chrissy still says she feels a little run down and fatigued and they say that could last two or three months. Oh, wow. Um, but, but I, I totally understand the, the nervousness of, I mean, I wouldn't want to be around you, Tim, if you just got it, I'd be like, oh, I don't know, man. Well, yeah, I think that that's, uh, that's the thing. What's your, you know, what's your social responsibility to notify people you're around? I would say, okay, so can we make these up? Like, just well, talk sure. these through. I mean, like, okay, if I was going to go out of town with another couple uh, for the weekend, then I would want to, well, and it was you yeah. and Chrissy, I'd be like, okay, yeah, you better tell me that you just had COVID, right? You think so though? I mean, but if I'm not contagious, why would I have to tell you? You don't have to tell me. I just think it would be crazy. I mean, am I going to tell you about... But would it? Would I tell you, hey, Tim, I just got over a cold. Would I tell you that? Would that make me more, I mean, am I going to be more or less social distanced? Uh, oh, I, I, 
I'm not saying that a person shouldn't do this, but at what extent do I mean, this is all we have to carry. Are we going to notify everybody? We have to start carrying that thing. Oh, well, here's a list here of all my, my shots and all my, (laughs) you know, oh, is that what we're getting to? Like, right. Like, of course I wouldn't expect it to go to dinner. Yeah. No, go to dinner, go to lunch, come to work. Uh, you know, I have some people who work in, who share the same office. Of course, when you got sick and you quarantined and stayed home, you know, everybody in the office would know. And of course, when you came back, nobody would want to work around you for just to get comfortable again. But that's not fair. You know, I didn't really think about that. I didn't really think that. I just thought once it would be over, life goes on. And I've, I'm actually in some different COVID Facebook groups of, of people that have dealt with it. And there's stories in there of people that are like, you know, I got uninvited to some, somebody's wedding. I got like oh my parties and, 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 and I'm like, and then here I am telling my story on a podcast. It's like, man, everyone, I'm going to be walked down the streets of Salt Lake here and people are going to like, oh, stay away from Chris. Like, no, I, I mean, you are, yeah. you're definitely going to be one of the more popular uh, COVID survivors in the, oh, in the valley. Yeah. Going to be a, a COVID hero, but it is kind of a superpower. This is a, you know, I, do you feel like you would feel more, you're going to feel more comfortable going to the grocery store and going to the gym? I mean, I have gone to the grocery stores over the last couple of days. You, you know, there's still that, I don't know, just again, because you don't know what the virus is, man. Like, what if it mutates to something weird? Yeah. And then I get it again. I don't want to deal with that again. No, but- of course not. At the same time, there is a little bit of security of like, and what's really cool here, Tim, is the holidays are coming up here. Christmas is a little further than 90 days, but hey, if I got 90 days, if they say 90, you know, I won't have to worry about maybe. No, this is the time when you should be getting it, right? Right. Like uh, you're, you should be scheduling your vacation, right? Get on an airplane, go to Mexico, ha- sit on the beach, do it. Right? Have no fear. (laughs) (laughs) I like the way you think. I like the way you, but you know what? This goes back to, since we're a cannabis related podcast, this is a perfect time to talk about the need of them having delivery here in Utah. Because, good point. Like in that situation, any patient that was to get COVID, they can't leave the house. What if they need medicine? Yeah, this is going to be a big, you you bring up a really good point because you can get any other medication delivered to your house, yeah. right? Uh, and you they can keep get talking mail about it. They, they keep talking about cannabis delivery here in Utah. I don't know what they need to do to make it start. Mm, I, don't, I don't know what the, the rule isn't in place. Um, I think they can. I, and I know multiple companies uh, will be offering home delivery. I know for for example, I mean out of Bountiful, the wholesome co, they're gonna they'll have a home delivery service. Um I know Curaleaf is in Lehigh and they're I t I've spoken to them to their business development uh team and they're uh you know they'll offer it and they're in a great location too. They'll be but that also brings up this rural areas where there's not a dispensary and there or a pharmacy and there's not there's much less access. And how would you go about, like for you, you wouldn't have been able to get uh, a tincture. It's not like somebody else can go in and pick it up for you either, like a normal prescription. I don't know. I mean, how would that work? How does that work with your cannabis card? Yeah, it doesn't. It, it doesn't. I mean, or, you or can, your, you or, have to or, buy your own product unless you have a guardian card or 
or a card where somebody else can go purchase your cannabis for you. But that takes a couple of weeks to, to get. Well, then let's back up here a little bit, Tim. You just said Wholesome was going to be doing delivery. So how are they going to do it then? Well, they'll do, you know, everybody will do deliveries. The One of the hiccups is online payment versus in-person payment. So right now you have to use cash unless you use that, um, the program Vanessa used, that Hyper. Which Wholesome Co. actually, it, yes. they implemented that. Now you can use that at Wholesome now, Hyper at Wholesome in Dragonfly. Yes. Um, I saw that actually today. There... So payments uh, was a big sticking point and you have to be able to make the payment online. You definitely cannot use a letter because you're going to have to register. Um, your card number will be associated with your purchase. So you, you've got to have a card. And then, then to be honest, I don't know why they haven't implemented more of that process other than I think it would be a slow, I don't think there is enough uh, product or patients that would utilize it uh, maybe that's come into their discussions. What we need is, and I've been talking to Cureleaf and we've been trying to get a hold of Deseret Wellness too. We need those guys to come on because these questions we can ask dispensary owners. And Cureleaf is open. Actually, I saw that on the utahmarijuana.org uh, Instagram was posted. It said, two new Utah County disp- uh, you know, pharmacies are open. I'm like, oh, Cureleaf is yeah. open. That's exciting. Yeah, they're, they are. Um and they're a really good company. So I talked to Stuart Wilcox, uh, their business development, their, the vice president. And their their company is really focused on medical. They have pharmacies or pharmacists in a lot of their dispensaries nationwide. And, and so they get along with the Utah legislators very well because they they use the same model. So they're they're a really good, that's a good company. I really like that. Um, I haven't been to the dispensary, but their business model, uh, I think, is is a good one. Yeah, no, and I got there. I pulled up their address here. It's three or thirty six thirty three North Thanksgiving Way in Lehigh. Yeah, and that is in the old Del Taco building, uh, right off the freeway. Too bad really? you couldn't. You could have gotten tacos and cannabis at the same time. <laughs> that would have been <laughs> buildings just not big enough. I hear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, no, it's interesting to see all these places opening up here in Utah. And again, um, we just got to get them on the show and we'll get them on the, on the podcast and have them share their stories. What else here is going on here in Utah, Tim? With I mean, the, cannabis the things related? that I'm dealing with right now are, or the things that like seem to be an issue coming up is this letter to card, you know, conversion of letters to cards. There, there's thousands and thousands of these letters. And it seems to me, based on Instagram posts and what we're hearing, that there are increasing numbers of letters being written. I mean, there's like these advertisements. You can go get a, you can go get a letter um, for discount, and you know it's good until the end of the year. And there's, it's almost ruining the program. There's, you're building up more and more of these letters where people can use their letter for any condition. And you don't have to be a QMP, a registered QMP to write a letter. You can write a letter to an underage person. So think of all the things that that could go wrong with this. And potentially thousands and thousands of people are going to be out of medication come January 1st. Or there's going to be too many people who are buying product now, you know, and the card holders aren't going to be able to access the product. So we've been spending a lot of time with this and I don't mean to 
kind of get off on a in a rabbit hole with the letters thing again, but it's an important issue though, man. Like, and I think that's what it's something we need to uh, keep discussing here to uh, reiter- reiterate to our listeners. Yeah, your letter uh, so is they going know to expire. To expire, and, and now with more pharmacies opening up, you can get access to more pharmacies. Yeah, and why wouldn't you want that? I mean, if you live in Lehigh, you want to be uh, you want to access the the neighborhood dispensary, right? There's that. Plus, there's a lot of convenience. I mean, Wholesome Co. is really nice how I can get online. I can select what I want. They can package it away for me, and then I can go there at a specific time to pick it up. That's a really nice option. Dragonfly is going to be implementing that option here shortly. So it's like that's how you win customers is is by offering the sweet stuff like that. Well, absolutely. I mean, Dragonfly is still so busy all the time. Right. Yeah. I mean, they're just so busy. And I was at Wholesome today and, you know, it was walk, walk right in, sign in, walk right in and plenty of people to help you. So having access to more doesn't mean, like you said, it's that it's the convenience. If you can't get into your local dispensary, you can go somewhere else. If they have a product that you like or they have a promotion, um, sometimes they run discounts on certain products, uh, which is kind of cool. And you want to go there. Yeah. Well, I know Wholesome Co. has been doing some discounts on on product. Yeah, they've been they had a Labor Day weekend type deal, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. And I haven't been down to, to uh Provo. That's the furthest south. Uh that's the dispensary that basically anybody south of Provo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> haven't been down there yet either. Obviously, I was caught up with other things. Right. So. <laughs> that one's just off the freeway, um, kind of in the industrial area of Provo. But they're good too. So the other thing we've been talking about is this dosing. So the EVS system has this uh, section where the pharmacist or the QMP, whoever does the dosing recommendation, they have to put in this dosing. So there's been a lot of QMPs who've just been putting in something random in there. And then the pharmacist has been um, adjusting that dosing uh, on their own with the patient. So they discuss with the patient and then they adjust the dosing. But the QMP really has the ultimate say. So if if the QMP put in, uh, for example, just one type of delivery system, say capsule or say tincture, then that is all the patient should be allowed to buy by the law. So recently oh, the wow. Department of Health has come down on the dispensaries and said, hey, you know, you have to abide by the rules and the way the software is set up you have to go in and enter. If somebody you know, says, oh, I, I want flour, then you have to enter flour and how much they're allowed to buy. And if they want a tincture, then you have to enter a separate recommendation for tincture and how much they're allowed to purchase. Again, for all six delivery methods, an individual recommendation has to be put in. Um, so that's been a big uh, holdup. I know and in Provo and in uh, Lehigh, they had much fewer patients be able to get through during the day because they've had to go through this process with every patient. Now, are the other pharmacies having to go through that process? I I guess I haven't heard of this process. Yeah, it's brand new because it's just an enforcement of the existing rule. Uh, I talked to Rich Oborn about it and it's, it really is just an enforcing of the existing rule and these things need to be tracked. And uh, so the pharmacist is ending up with the burden of the work having to enter all of these things in, but the pharmacist is restricted because the QMP is the one who 
decides to put in the recommendation in a certain way. And if they have decided, for example, there's a lot of patients who have just capsule and no, no further information. It just says capsule. Technically, the pharmacist does not have the authority to add to that recommendation or decide to go around it. Um, they just they have to contact the QMP uh, to get that dosing. So there's been a lot of patients who are frustrated yet again with the system for whatever reason. You know, I'm not saying it's anybody's fault. It's just one more thing that we're having to um, kind of educate the QMPs about, educate the patients about. It's taking longer to get access. Just one of those growing pains, another growing pain. But see, you didn't have this growing pain with letters because letters allow the pharmacist to make the dosing and delivery recommendations. So we weren't dealing with this with letters. We're only dealing with this with a, with an official with card. Yeah. Right. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's never a, there's never a dull moment in the Wild West out here, Chris. So what do you recommend? What well, what, what do you rec- what do you suggest rec- we do we All do power. to uh, deal with this? What's the best way in your well, opinion? In my opinion, there's still a lack of education on the QMP side. I, I think the medical providers, um, you know, should know enough about the the electronic verification system to to do it correctly and not burden the pharmacist. And if they're not going to do the recommendation, then they should know how to put it in so that the pharmacist has the authority and that's possible too right you can you can do this in a way that gives the pharmacist the authority to make those decisions but again it's just a it's just an education thing so you know for example at wholesome we're putting together some QMP education nights where people can come down talk to Mindy Medeo or or one of their other pharmacists we'll do it in at Cureleaf too in Lehigh uh, in October where medical providers and even patients, frankly, can come down and learn how to put that sort of stuff in the system, talk to the pharmacist and say, you know, hey, what, what do you see on your side? So those events we're trying to do and then talking about it on the podcast, really. How would people find out about those events? We'll uh, post them on our social. I'll announce them here over the course of the weeks um, and get more specific. Okay. So utahmarijuana.org. Uh, .org um, Instagram post or our website. We have, we're starting to write more articles about this. So that, that'll be that. We're actually putting up, but mostly just this, this way, uh, social media. Of course, I mean, I guess you could call us or email us, but yeah. no, most people don't find out about events that way. Yeah, no, I was just kind of curious, you know, if, if people listening a couple of weeks down the road or were wanting to find out about events or uh, what not. Yeah. As so. I know the dates of these, um, events, I'll announce them here, uh, for sure. Cool. Well, anything else you want to talk about tonight or should we wrap this episode up? No, we could wrap it up. I think that we've, I mean, I'm really glad to hear about your story. I'm glad you're feeling better. Yeah. Well, and whenever you're comfortable recording in person, Tim, let me know. Oh, absolutely. We'll, we'll, Next we'll, week. We'll, we'll get that. No, well, you know, seriously, I'm, I, I you know, I don't want to get you sick. Trust no, me. You know, I, know. So I wouldn't go around you if I would. Yeah, but we can discuss it. We can discuss it off air. Obviously, we'll figure all that out. But uh, no, I, it's good to it's good to be recording. It's good to uh, it's good to uh, feel good again. Yeah, I'm glad. Tell Chrissy that uh, I hope she gets over the go over it a hundred percent. Yeah, 
But uh, now where can people find out more about what you got going on uh, with your stuff? I mean, with my stuff, it's always utahmarijuana.org. That's the, you know, that's the place. You you might have to search around in there for what you want, but we've got more and more information, education every week. We transcribe the podcasts, uh, write articles about them. So you can find any one of our podcasts and really search on our website for topics if you want and find podcasts that way. Speaking of topics, people should get in touch with you or myself if there's a topic they want to hear on the podcast or if they have a question cannabis related. It would be it'd be fun to do, you know, Q&A episodes or it'd be fun to uh if there's like a topic like we did on I think it was episode 16 where we talked about like uh, gun laws, stuff like that with JD. Oh yeah. Oh, JD, uh, so stuff like uh, JD that. actually sends his best to you today. I talked to him today. He was like, well, oh. let Chris know that I hope he's feeling good and, and he's through this. <laughs> he's like, he's like, oh, good thing we didn't record in person that week. He's been but, busy. Uh, anyway, but uh, yeah, fine. You can listen to my other podcast at IamSaltLake.com. Uh, it's I Am Salt Lake Podcast. You know what else is, uh, Chris, sorry to interrupt you, but Utah in the Weeds uh, social media will be coming up. Um, like that's going to be another way for people to connect with us. Yeah. 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 Through Instagram uh-huh. and Facebook. And doesn't utahmarijuana.org, you guys have a Facebook group. I joined it. I haven't. Oh yeah. We have yet. a Facebook group. So, it's a little more of a, it's a discussion about, you know, centered around patients and the patient experience in Utah. So it's okay. a little, it, hopefully it's a safe place to bring up questions, talk to other, other people in the, you know, in the space. I think there's a lot of people we run into a lot of patients that need more support and don't really have anybody to talk to. I mean, imagine you grew up here, you know, you've never used cannabis before. None of the people you're related to (laughs) have ever smoked weed before. And so that those people need some more support. So that Facebook group would be a reasonable place for that. Very cool. Well, let's get out of here. Let's, uh, Let's enjoy the rest of your night and uh, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and whatever app you're listening to this in. Leave us a review and whatever app you're listening to this in and get in touch because we want to hear from you guys. So absolutely. On that note, you guys have a great week. All right. See ya. Stay safe out there, guys.